Amen. Today, if you haven't figured it, figured it out already, we are beginning a new series in the season of Lent on healing. Healing has a very theological history within, the Christi- within Christianity. We hope to frame healing in a more holistic manner, giving attention each week to a different kind of physical, mental, communal, intellectual, and environmental. Dealing as modern-day people with the concept of healing and the spiritual counts on healing, the author of this series reminds us we need to be careful. Walter Wilson, whose book helped form this series, says, Viewed in the shadow of the cross, Jesus' ministry of healing can be seen as an extension of his solidarity with human suffering, especially the suffering of those who have been abandoned by society. The bodies of those who are healed, meanwhile, are marked by the power of the divine to create new life out of hopelessness. Their stories representing new chapters in the rewritten narratives of human suffering. Furthermore, what healing looks like for one person might not be the same as what it looks like or means for another. Another important understanding as we begin is this ancient belief that illness was a consequence of sin. Some still believe it today. Modern science helps us understand that illness and disease did not always happen because we have done something wrong. But we do admit the times we have contributed to the conditions of brokenness in ourselves as well in others and the need that we all have for healing. Let us pray. Lord, we come before you, placing ourselves into the palm of your very hand, our whole self, our brokenness, our sadness, our joys, our hurts, our celebrations, our pains, our anticipations and excitements, our worries and our fears. Lord, we come before you in this Lenten season as we contemplate this journey to the cross in which you made. That, Lord, we recognize our own journey. The pain and the hope, we recognize too, Lord, what lies on the other side. But we know, Lord, to get there, there's a lot we must go through. So help us, Lord. Help us as we look inside. Help us as we look at others on the outside that, Lord, we share and spread your love to each. Help us to feel your holy healing touch. In your name we pray. Amen. So anybody ready for a vacation? Right? Anybody ready to get out of the house? You know, it sure would be nice to be somewhere warm and outside. I, I have to admit, looking on the news the beginning of last week and seeing the people in Florida that were having 70 and 80 degrees and we're sitting in one degrees and teens degrees, I was a little envious, a little jealous of their situation and not ours. So where would you go on vacation? Where's one of your favorite places to go on vacation if you can or could? 
For us, we like to go to national parks. It's outdoors, it's the adventure, it's exploring, it's hiking, it's seeing a new beautiful creation that God has given us. About 10 years ago, we went to Maine. We flew into Manchester, New Hampshire, and had some friends that were there, and we spent the night with them, and then we rented a car and headed to Maine. We headed to Acadia National Park, beautiful, magnificent place, area of the country that we had never been to before. We settled in Booth Bay Harbor, it was Booth Bay that we found a place called the Lobster House, right there in a cove on the water and facing the water. And all out in front of us were the lobster boats. I'd heard of this, but never seen it before. And right next to us was a little beach. Now, that wasn't any sandy beach like we're used to in Florida. It was all rocky. But what we discovered on that beach was one of our favorite parts of the whole trip. Washed up onto the beach was this sea glass. We'd never really seen it like it before, but multicolored, broken glass. And as we went into stores, we began to discover the beauty of the sea glass that had been made into jewelry and all sorts of type of jewelry. Sea glass begins as something whole, yet it has been discarded. Bottles, tableware, maybe something from a sunken ship. They've all been rolled and tumbled in the oceans for years and broken and polished by the elements in the sands until they turn into something beautiful, unexpected. They come in all sorts of shapes, sizes, colors, and conditions. Shapes, sizes, colors, and conditions that sounds like humanity, that looks like us. We all have been broken. Broken in more ways than we'd probably like to admit. Suffering happens in life. Through that suffering, though, we've been shaped and we've been formed. And this Lenten season, this series helps remind us that even though we have been through that suffering, we have the opportunity to become new creations. Something once again beautiful. Something treasured. I'm not saying that suffering is necessary or God-given. But when that pain, when that brokenness enters our lives, we have one, Jesus, who reaches out and touches us, heals us, redeems us, and reminds us of the treasure that we all are, worthy of a new life in a hopeless situation. You know what we call this? healing. And today we focus on physical healing. I invite you to join me as we explore a passage today where Jesus healed a leper. It comes from the Gospel of Matthew. It's chapter 8, the first four verses. And I'll also be sharing verses 16 and 17. So if you have a device in which you can look up Scripture, I hope you'll turn to Matthew 8 now. If you want to get your Bible, then go for it. Get your Bible and join me as we hear today's Scripture from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 8, beginning at verse 1. When Jesus had come down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And there was a leper who came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, Lord, if you choose, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched the leper, saying, I do choose. 
be made clean. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Then Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priests, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. And let us go to verse 16. That evening they brought to him many who were possessed with demons, and he cast out the spirits with the word and cured all who were sick. This was to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took our infirmities and he bore our diseases. Leprosy. Leprosy was one of the most terrible of all diseases in the ancient world. It came in many different forms, but usually there were ulcers that appeared on the body. One's eyebrows could often fall out. Their eyes began to stare forward. Their vocal cords got ulcers. Their voices became hoarse and wheezing. Their hands and their feet had sores on them. Sometimes toes and fingers would fall off. They would lose sensations. Muscles would waste away. The tendons in the palms would begin to come together and claws would form in their hands. And this could last for 10 to 20 years. One person commented that a person with leprosy dies by inches. Once a person is diagnosed as a leper, he or she is completely banished from society. In the Middle Ages, a priest would come and, and, and say over them the burial service as he or she was actually dead. If a leper stepped into one's house, that whole house was unclean. You were not supposed to go near one with leprosy, and they were not allowed to go near you. There's never been a disease that suffered or caused so much separation of one person from another. It's this man, it's this condition, this is the one who Jesus It's a most powerful and unlikely interaction. Let's look a little closer at this interaction, at what happened between Jesus and the leper. And let's look at it first from the leper's approach. Three things that we learn. The leper approached Jesus with confidence, humility, and reverence. Confidence. The leper must have known that Jesus could make him clean. At least he believed that he could. No leper would ever approach a rabbi as this man did. There are all sorts of ramifications and thoughts that could take place here. But there's one point that screams out that I want us to hear clearly. No one. No one is too unclean to be cleansed by Jesus. No one is too unclean to come to Jesus. I'm going to say it again. No one is too unclean to come to Jesus. There's really no real cure or remedy for leprosy. In other words, Jesus did for him what no one else could do. What's your level of confidence in Jesus? Are you willing to take of the worst of yourself to Jesus and ask him to make you clean? 
we also learn from this leper humility. Look at verse 2. The man didn't demean healing. How did he approach Jesus or, or what did he say to Jesus? Lord, if you're willing, Lord, if you choose, Lord, his confidence allowed him to approach Jesus. But his humility, he left it up to Jesus. That brings us to our third point of approaching Jesus with reverence. Go back to verse 2. I, I just read it. Lord, if you choose. Lord, if you are willing. But what did the man do? He knelt down before Jesus. It was an act of worship, and he called him Lord, a, a believer. Only one who believed would call him Lord. The leper knew that he was in the holy presence of God. When you and I approach Christ, we are confronted with the love and power of God. Do we believe that He is Lord over all? The leper approached Jesus with confidence and humility and reverence. Now let us look at Jesus and how Jesus responded to the leper. If you could choose one word, what would you say? What would you say? How, how did Jesus respond to the leper? Go ahead and send it out if you want on social media or think about it or share it with someone near you or write it down if you got that piece of paper still. How did Jesus respond? Maybe it was a word like this, compassion. Jesus responded to the leper in compassion. The law said that Jesus must avoid contact with the leper. leper. All others did. Especially rabbis, ashamedly, they didn't want to be near an, a leper because then they would be made unclean. But Jesus, he touched the leper. Jesus' one thought was not of himself, but to help the man. The law he followed was the law of love. How often? How often do we let the law get in the way of love? And what risk are we willing to undergo to help another in need? The powerful illustration for me comes in today's time of COVID. Of all the so many frontline workers who fought this COVID head on in order for others to have a fighting chance. I also remember those 50 priests in Italy. Do you remember in the end of March, there were all these priests who died because they had been reaching out and touching and ministering to and loving on others who had had COVID. Jesus, the frontline workers and the priests touched the leopards and they touched the COVID patients anyway. Some might say that Jesus was reckless. And touching the leper. But he was not. He said, I will. I'm willing. I can. Yes, I will. And be clean. And immediately the man was healed. He spoke with authority. But he acted with love. Jesus did two interesting things that I think are worth looking at a little further. First, he told the man to, to not tell anyone to... To be silent. Why would he tell him that after this miracle that he's just performed? 
Well, think of the time and the setting and the culture. The, the people wanted a leader, perhaps a political leader, perhaps even a, a military leader. They would want him to use his force and his power to dominate, to conquer, and destroy. But that was not the way of Jesus. His purpose was to transform hearts and to heal souls. The second thing Jesus did was send the leper to the priest. Kind of interesting. Here, Jesus actually upholds the law. It was not an unusual request for the leper to do. For there was a detailed, written-out ritual that must be followed for a man who had leprosy to be declared clean. He would have to give an offering. And after the, following the ritual, he would then receive a certificate that would allow him to go back into society. This healing miracle is obviously from God. But Jesus doesn't take all the credit. He doesn't heal him and say, go on your way, go back to your normal life. He wants the man to respect and others to respect the tradition of the time. So does the man go to the priest? You know, Matthew doesn't tell us. But this is the good thing about the Bible. You can look in others and Mark actually does. He does go to the priest. Are we willing to trust Jesus enough to carry out what he commands or offers us to do? Are you? Jesus had a busy day of healing. The leper, the centurion in verse 5 of this same chapter, Peter's mother-in-law in verse 14 and then in verse 16, the people keep on coming. Surrounded by human need for healing, Jesus meets them all where they were. Do you hear that? Where do we need Jesus to meet us? Where do you need Jesus to meet you? From what? For what do we need Jesus to heal us? In the scripture, we've seen a picture of God's saving grace. Present in Jesus to deliver people from circumstances and powers from which they cannot save themselves. We might feel empathy for the man with leprosy. But I imagine there's not many of us who have gone through something so intense as to be so socially exiled with no hope at return. Jesus offered this man something that no one else could. What kind of hope and healing do we offer? How are we reaching out to people in pain and lives that have been broken? No one, no one is too unclean to come to Christ. No person is too shattered or weathered by the elements of life or washed up on the shore to experience the love of God. We are all beautiful in our various shapes, sizes, colors, and conditions. We are all treasures in God's eyes. I hope, I hope you hear that message today. 
And I hope that we at Emmanuel see that same treasure in others and offer that same hope to others. What do you need to say to Jesus today? What have you always wanted to say you wished and yearned, but something's held you back? Today, I hope you offer that to Jesus. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen.